Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 64. I had a run of a couple weeks in a row where I knew a player with that jersey number. I unfortunately cannot think of a number 64. I have one. Okay. It's a half-year jersey number. Potentially one of the biggest busts in NHL history. Some would argue the biggest bust at first overall in the NHL. I still don't. Half season on the Edmonton Oilers. Nail Yakupov. Yakupov. Number 64 before he switched to number 10. And in fact, throw me that jersey, Zach. Open that door right there. Do we have a Yakupov jersey here? Just, you see it in there or no? Just give me, give me two seconds. All right. <laughs> uh, I did a quick Google search. Uh, a Google images search. Toss that. Mikhail Granlund. Wow, we yes. actually do have a Yakupov. Mikhail yeah. Granlund is a 64. Nail Yakupov. Number 64, I'm going to put this on. Why do you own that? For the episode. Why do you actually own that? I'm looking uh, at someone with the Miami Dolphins on the offensive line. I mean, these are these are what we're dealing with here. Once it gets into the higher numbers, it's a little bit more difficult, I think, or like these mid-60s. But yeah, we don't... Uh, it is a sweet jersey, though. I do, I've always liked the Oilers colors. Episode 64. Niall Yakupov. <laughs> what a jersey man Picked this thing up on Boxing Day one year Dirt cheap <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know why Don't even know why I got this But it, I believe it was literally too cheap To not buy it That's that's what it was It's kind of funny you guys started doing this Because I used to do a podcast uh, like a while ago And at the beginning of each episode We would dedicate that episode To a player that wore that number We did it like all the way through we got to 99, and then that was it. Where do you think we got this idea from? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad Yeah, Pav, Edmonton Oilers. Tag still on. Rob, what's going on this week? Uh, I'm getting into football season now because now we start to have the NFL training camps, um, which is actually, you know, uh, it's it's good that we're going to do tweets that trigger us for this week. We haven't done one since um, the episode that aired at the beginning of June. So it's, it's going on two full months now without some tweets that trigger us. But... I've seen uh, a bunch this week, too many to choose from, about um, the whole concept of like only the true degenerates, only degens bet the NFL preseason. These are the ones that get me the most. Always happens during spring training baseball. People are like, oh, you're absolutely insane. You're nuts if you bet spring training. You're nuts if you bet NFL preseason. And it's like uh, the lines move way more than the regular season. The edge is much larger. Now, granted, you can't get as much money down, obviously. But people seem to not understand the concept of like line movement. And the larger the line move, the more opportunity that can be had in that market. It drives me crazy. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, another example of this is like just you can bet you can you don't have to make money on the most glorious stuff. Just again, whatever money is made, that's the, the, the real winner. If you're making a lot of money, it's good. So the money is the same if it's made on NFL regular season or preseason. And 100 bucks is 100 bucks, 1,000 bucks is 1,000 bucks. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference. But like when we're talking about preseason, like there's such a major news advantage too. Like you get stuff like if you just read, I'm not, listen, not everyone in the world has time to read every single news source that's out there, follow every single beat writer and so on and so forth. But when you start to get word that no players on the first team offense are going to play for so-and-so team, that now creates an edge on the other team where you don't even have to have some sort of mathematical model. You just need to be able to process information in real time and go bet it out quickly. It's one of the most simple things to do. You know, we talked about this around spring training for baseball, but where else are you going to find sports where you get like, a double A team, a minor league team that's basically dressing against a full major league roster. It just doesn't happen all that often. So I always get, I'm always dumbfounded because it's usually, it's usually someone that doesn't bet on sports, doesn't understand betting. They, they just put people into a class of being a degenerate because they're betting preseason sports when in reality, there's a lot of money to be made there. So I think that's a lesson to people out there that, you know, don't discriminate just because of what people are betting. There's edge to be had everywhere. But NFL preseason always gets me going because uh, another thing which I tweeted about today, which I always notice, I try to follow beat writers in lots of sports because there's obviously like an advantage. These people are around the teams every day. You might gain some, you know, valuable information. But during preseason, it's not only for the NFL, for every sport. I don't know why no beat writers 
can like say something bad about a player. It's always like this guy looks amazing. What an off season, best <laughs> shape of his life. He's out here like fully just tell it how it is, man. Like, are, are they scared that they're not going to have coverage to the team anymore? If they like put the funniest one was some guy, uh, no, I don't even know who it is. I don't care to, to name who it was. Doesn't matter who it was. It was a whole thing about how Daniel Jones looked great. The responses to that tweet were all like, "Hey man, I was also like watching today. Daniel Jones threw like five interceptions directly to defensive back. I've never seen a quarterback play worse." It was just a whole long list of guys that are like, "I don't know what you were watching," type of thing, and that kind of stuff is like, I just I wish we could just get to a situation or a point where like I didn't have to dig through about a million things to find out how a player actually performed or how a player is actually looking. I get it. Like some people just don't want to ruffle feathers. Then just don't tweet, man. Don't straight up lie to me about a, how a player looked because, you know, you're trying to generate some buzz. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely brutal. Like they never say this guy, like they'll, they'll do only the stuff that when they say he looks bad is like this guy came in a camp overweight. Yeah, because that's just like a quantifiable thing that gets released, and then they just say that. But they don't actually ever say like, "This guy looked absolute trash, dropped six balls, and like he's probably gonna be cut tomorrow." Well, to uh, we talked about it on Charge It to the Game this week on the Monday show. Uh, there was a picture that went out, and the media was all the media captions on it was like, "George Pickens is going to be unstoppable. George Pickens is special." Blah blah blah, and it's him. Basically, like diving backwards, making this catch above his head back. Well, someone replied to the clip to the picture with the video of that catch. He dropped the pass. <laughs> <laughs> but that okay, like that happens all the year with rookies, right? Sky Moore is is like the huge buzz right now with the Chiefs. Going to be the Tyree Kill replacement. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad season or whatever. But like, I, I think the guy will probably be a good player. But like already talking about him, like he's Tyree Kill based off like a couple days in practice where. I watched some videos. The guy is literally catching screen passes where no one is even like, it's just catching a screen pass and running the ball down the field in, in open space. Like I get it. Uh, you get a lot of like the rejuvenation stories. Saquon Barkley looks amazing. Christian McCaffrey, so on and so forth. It's like, okay, fine. But I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a realist. Like just give me what I want to be delivered real information. Stuff that, I, I hate the amount of fluff nowadays in reporting. That's what drives me crazy. I, I respect the guy like post game at the podium that just gives the coach the tough question. Like, why did you punt on that fourth and one at the 37 yard line? And then the coach will be like, oh, you know, this you get, and then the guy will go right back in. He'll be like, yeah, but you know, modern analytics tell us it was a bad move. Like, I like those guys that press. They're looking for the truth. They're not They're not there just to big up their career and take a stepping stone and get in good with guys and so on and so forth. I want the truth. But it's like it's like life, though, now. Then those guys are just now in a bad spot. They don't want to have them. Like, they're all oh, this guy again. Like, I don't want to answer his questions. Like, the press conferences are not entertaining. Like, they, they're all just now, like, cookie-cutter answers. But you that's got to ask some hard-hitting questions questions well so that that's that's where the balance comes into play right because i agree with you i don't find any of the i don't want to say any of them but the vast majority of press conferences are not entertaining because people ask questions that they already know the answer to to me that's like reporting 101 if you're going to ask someone a question that you already know the answer to don't ask it there are some exceptions obviously like if you're for example if we're running a podcast and there might be something I know the answer to, but I know 99% of the audience isn't going to or might find interesting. I will ask the question. But for the most part, like, don't ask questions where you know you know exactly what the guy's going to answer. Like, what good is yeah. that? You can put it in your article or whatever. So, no, dig, man. Find out. Like, that's what the fans want to know. You lose a game on, like, a bad coaching decision and nobody says anything to the coach after the game. What the hell are these people in the room doing? Someone's got to ask that. And I get it. Okay, it's going to make it tougher for them going forward. I'm not saying you have to go grill the coach every single game. But, like, you can ask it in a manner where it's like, hey, man, you know, some people would construe this as a bad decision. Can you walk us through your thought process on it? It doesn't have to be in a way where you're just trying to bury the guy. And and they well, the worst part about those questions now is, like, any of the ones where um, someone does ask something that's, like, a little bit more, you, sometimes you now hear the coach be like, oh, like, this guy. 
oh, what, what is he talking about? Like, you don't know the game. And it's like, he just asked if you, why'd you uh, not go for it on fourth down when you basically conceded the game by, by punting and they just get all, all cheesed. It is what it is. I'll bring it back to a hockey reference though. There, I, I will always remember the Rangers, uh, Brooksy. <laughs> Tortorella? And John Tortorella, right? Where like, credit to the guy, he asked some tough questions. Maybe some of them were distasteful or a little bit spiteful as their relationship deteriorated. Get what I'm saying, Brooksy? Yeah, but Tortorella- Get that was, through your head? Get that through your head, Brooksy? Like, I, I, that, that's what reporting is supposed to be. And like, that clip will live on forever because that guy did his job. It wasn't one where he just like went up there and served up, a, you know, lobbed one up for, for Tortorella to hit out of the park. So always respect guys like that. We need more of it. We need more of it in preseason. Biggest, I want the real takes. Biggest respect to uh, during the Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo press tour when, or sorry, versus Eddie Alvarez press tour when a guy went up in a, in a dress shirt and a tie to ask a question, looking all professional. And then he basically just started swearing and shit talking at Eddie Alvarez, but in the funniest possible way, <laughs> we'll, we'll cut it in to play that clip. Holy man, if you guys haven't seen that, one of the best clips ever within a within a press conference. He's like, starts with a professional question. He's like, hey, hey, uh, my question's for Eddie Alvarez. Like, you say Conor McGregor has, doesn't have a gas tank and he's like going to run out of gas. He's like, but yet in your professional career, you've only been to the fifth round twice. And he starts getting fired <laughs> up. He's like, and you lost both of them. He's like, he's like, why are you talking shit about the greatest? And he's like going nuts. And then uh, basically McGregor steps in and starts. It was a great, a great you want me clip. to play it? Sure, if you Go have it, it up. Uh, this question is for Eddie Alvarez. You've been mentioning that Conor McGregor is not a championship fighter. Uh, he only has two to three rounds. Yet in your professional career, you've only went to the fifth round twice and lost one of them. What the fuck are you talking about? What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? That's the champ. That's the champ. That's the fucking champ right there. Fuck you, Eddie. Wait, leave it, leave it. What's your question? I love it. I love it. My question was clearly... You've only been to the fifth round twice in your professional career and lost one of them. You're complaining that he has no his gas. Qu his no question is, why are you talking, talking about? shit? That's his question. How the fuck you up there talking shit? Say it like it is. You're blessed. You're blessed <laughs> that I chose you. All time, man. That McGregor. is actually pretty funny. Conor McGregor is an all-time chirp artist, but then when he comes in there and he just interrupts him, he's like, his question is, why are you talking <laughs> shit? It's so, it's so perfect, man. But yeah, that guy that asked that question... Dressed up all professionally, man. That was all, like that was all time. I was watching that interview live years ago, and then since then I've seen that clip so many times, man. I wish it was. <laughs> okay, obviously that's unprofessional. Yeah, yeah. That, listen, there's there's a level. There's there's a that's level. hilarious. By the way, it's absolutely hysterical. But like, no reporter who's trying to earn a living is going to come to press conferences and just you know break yeah, something yeah, out yeah, like yeah. that. But you can ask hard questions. That's the point, right? You can ask hard, and you can deliver, like. That, that guy was actually a, that was a fan question but the, yeah. the the reason why it was so funny was because when he went up there he didn't act like most of the fans are dressed in like fight gear and they walk up <laughs> this guy literally had a tie and a shirt on and he walked up and said like my question is for eddie alvarez when you do like when you're doing that it, it seems sounded like very professional it, it was to going to be professional and then he just ripped and then he just ripped into him yep. I, I think the problem though becomes with the media people to the coaches and stuff is that you start to mix in Opinion. Opinion. Right. And but it's it's Steve Simmons going up there yeah, or somebody and I, then they I mix in that personal and then it becomes a personal one on one and then the coach gets mad at them and then it affects future questions where maybe they don't bring the personal side of it into it, but then the coach is like, Ah, screw this guy. The the, the challenge is you never know how how anything is gonna be construed or misconstrued nowadays, right? Like I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. If I was a beat writer for the Dallas Cowboys, I would, I would probably just try to tell it how it is. Now, I don't know. I'm not in these situations, right? I don't deal with these players on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't know how they're going to react, if that's going to change the, you know, their uh, willingness to talk to me, so on and so forth. So I get that. But me as a person, I, that's how I would do my job. But like, watch, the, watch training camp. Tell me who doesn't look good out there. Tell me like, this guy looks slow. This guy looks like, you know, just, just. It's a people know it's opinion, right? Obviously, you can get the guys like, "Oh, who are you? Who are you to judge football?" Whatever, but like, people want real news. Like, if I'm following 
beat writers especially, their goal is not to just big up everyone on the team and like put the team up on a pedestal or a player up on a pedestal. It's to deliver news. That's what they're supposed to do. And even if it's their own opinion, they should just preface it with that. It's like, it's my opinion that this guy hasn't looked great in training camp so far. What's the problem with that? I got to make, make sports reporting more fun. It's um, there's that. So that's, those are the two things that have really gotten to me this week. And then it is first week of like NFL preseason hall of fame game coming up. We're getting to like college football swing. So we get the Twitter war every year which I, you're not a huge Twitter guy like I am, but I, I consume all this stuff. I try not to get as involved with it. But you get this week where the, the majority of the Twitter touts, people are selling picks, start to release plays, whether that's for preseason games, week one NFL, week one college football. Then you get the guys who slam those guys are like, I'll never understand why someone would release this edge this early, like wait, try to get more money down. Huge back and forth, people yelling at each other all the time. I never really know where I stand on that one because, you know, everybody's trying to earn and and I get it in, in all their, in these different facets. Um, it's frustrating for me whenever like I would like something and somebody gives it out a month in advance when, yeah, maybe limits are are fine, but like the market hasn't really matured yet but I do get the other side of it. Like everybody's in that position as well. So that's always something that fascinates me over the course of the first week of um, like August leading into football season is just um, the, the gambling Twitter community tearing each other apart per usual. Yeah. Well, if that doesn't, that, that always happens now, but then it's basically a full-time thing. That's 24 seven. It's true. And it's always, it, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to name names or whatever. No, they don't, they don't tear each other apart. It's just like, everyone's always like on a, on a specific side. And then like, they don't, you just, you're on that side. You're on the side of like, you know, screw the, screw the steam chasers. And yeah. You just keep going on that. But life. you know what gets me about it as well is, um, these guys don't even talk to each other. They just make like backhanded, like they, they, these cryptic tweets about someone else. That's what makes me die of gambling. Twitter evolves over to every sort of tw- like, listen, like I'm involved in crypto Twitter at one point, DFS Twitter. These are these different communities that they tend to evolve. But for some reason or another, back in the day, people used to go to war on gambling Twitter, just all out assault on one another, back and forth, huge feuds. That kind of still happens now, but it's way more discreet. Like people just tweet shit behind other people's backs. Like, you know exactly who they're talking about, but they don't tag them. They don't talk to them directly. Then that person finds out and they don't tweet back. They do the exact same thing. They just do like a backhanded thing where, you know, people are who are not in the loop are just trying to decipher. Very interesting community. I always love to, um, to discuss the interaction between humans because it, it fascinates me. Do we, are we wanting to tr- tweets that trigger me or are we going to talk about the, uh, the old piñata picks? Let's do that too, actually. I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. The most, the most minus EV bets I definitely make over the course of every week. I'll even promote the sports book. I don't care because they, they offer it. So I'm, I'm But, I, but I, I at least sign up through, through Betstamp so we can, get some, so we sure. can at least ha- support the product if you're going to sign up at this sports book. Sure. Message us on Twitter. We do um, Betstamp as a company... We do office days Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Wednesday is the day before foot, uh, be, the, before each golf tournament every week. We like to throw down as an office. We like the community, you know, the camaraderie, being on the same side. We tr- at first tried to like do our own picks. We tailed one guy in the office, so tailed me sometimes. But I, oh, we still do that. We still do that. But as a community. But as a community. So we discovered... I don't know, a couple months ago. We've, we've known this exists. Essentially what this is, is you get a random golfer in the field at 125 to one. So we collectively pool money in the office to do pinata picks every week. And we know these are, we know for the most There's part. just a negative hold built in. That 100%. They have on the back end. I, I'm, it, I'm not an idiot. Pretty high too. I, I know exactly what they're doing. Like over the long run, they're, they're, expected to take a certain amount of hold on, on each one of these bets. But we still try very hard to create a plus EV position. And we do stupid things sometimes, like we recommend 
after we get a plus EV position, but we want to keep like pressing and keep keep getting more golfers, we try to bet it into someone else's account <laughs> instead. So because we're convinced that, you know, maybe we won't get two plus EV positions in a row <laughs> on the same account. But we did ours for this week and we built up uh, some plus EV positions. <laughs> what's the what's the damage this week? Uh, no, we so we got Denny McCarthy, who's like the the tenth shortest odds in the field at one hundred and twenty five to one. He was our last pull. So let's let me preface this by saying first pull. Zach, do you remember who the first one was? Yeah, it was Scott Stallings. Scott Stallings. Scott Stallings. I'm not in on this, by the way. I, I usually am super busy in the morning when and Wednesday yeah. morning when these guys run it. But boy, does it seem fun and usually. There's like eruptions if they get someone big. Like yeah. Johnny's not in on this. He he's he's above this, but he'll spin a roulette wheel in the office against <laughs> me for money. One hundred percent, and I'll even give him the, the host edge. <laughs> it's not that I want to be in on this. I'm I just I'm usually in meetings and Wednesday mornings when you guys are running this. Oh, I'll tell you this: it's the best. It's a we, we're all standing around a phone, yeah. waiting for Zach to hit the thing. We all like I just hold my phone out in the middle of the circle and then press it. And it takes like five, 10 seconds sometimes. It yeah. loads up and then it just comes up with the golfer's name and a check mark beside them. And, and then you get the one you remember? There was, yeah. there was one you week. You guys got Morikawa. I was, go, when you guys back got Morikawa, you got Morikawa back to back weeks. He missed the cut. Both weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when you guys got Morikawa, the office erupted. Like this was the, they were like huddling up, jumping around. And it was first go. Like it was first pinata and we got him and went nuts and then called it. And then he missed the cut. I think sports interaction is plus one dime on us um, so far, <laughs> yeah. if I had to guess. However, we had, uh, so the Scott Stallings we got today, which was, he's roughly, I don't know, 55 to one, 50 to one, something like in that range to win the tournament. Yeah. So already we're plus EV. We could stop there at Stallings because we got him at 125 to one price. He's really 50, 55 to up. one. You're already we're up. up. But of course, we're like standing around like a bunch of losers. We're like, no, there's no way we're only going to have one golfer for this week. Let's go. We fired. Got I have the list. Got some shit. Yeah. The next no, I'm gonna, person I'm gonna that we got. To, go ahead. Uh, sorry. Just the next person that we got, Jim Herman. Mm. <laughs> Jim 175 Herman. to one, I believe. Not yeah. terrible at that point. And then we go again and yeah. we get Austin Smotherman. He was like 275 to one. Yeah. yeah. And that's with the hold. So, so you know he's, he's yeah. low like, yeah. likelihood. So at low, this so. point, we're, we're down bad. <laughs> yeah. We're like, our, our portfolio looked good. It's bad. We're going to press one more. Classic like gambling chase type of stuff. Denny McCarthy. Yeah. What's he? What is he? Uh, 28 to one, something like wow. that. Yeah. It was. Wow. So all in on the total portfolio, you're up. Slight, this week slightly slightly, slightly, slightly plus, maybe slightly yeah. plus ev there's got to be like probably a 30 30 percent hold on that maybe more you know what the worst part about it is Obvi obviously when you're betting outrights huge variance right like we know that you could you could build up a, a great portfolio every week and lose every tournament of the year that's just the way it is but we for the most part have built up some very good portfolios of just randomness well, the one tournament too, we had Sung JM. He pulls out the night before. That then the next wait, week, wait, did that void or, or it, it voids, avoided it voids, the pinata? Yeah. But it goes. Good, so this good. is this is the run we went on though with guys though. So we had Sung JM pulls out a tournament night before. Next week, Morikawa misses the cut. Next week, Morikawa misses the cut. <laughs> do you think? Do you think sports yes. interaction knows? Like Vegas knows? Yeah, I mean, for, we might start. Went up to start fading the pinata. These guys write it on the whiteboard every day too. So I just, I'll just come in and see the whiteboard and like, oh, that's who they got to just week. bet them at their no price. Yeah. <laughs> Although the one time that there was a running office joke about betting someone no, do you remember this? Max Homa. Max yeah. Homa, and he won that tournament. <laughs> it was actually, it's actually insane. So here's another thing: um, we 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 work with different sports books. Betstamp does to get some odds, um, be better prices, let's say. Um, and we can put in some recommendations. We're like, yeah, you know, we want we want better odds on this yeah, guy. Like a bet stamp special bet. If you follow us on social media, you'll see that we were able to do this. We're going to make it, uh, it's coming in a big way for September. And we're going to, you know, do this all over. If you're in Ontario, especially, you're going to be getting some great value. We call these bet stamp bangers, where we work with the sports book to get the best price in market on whatever we want to bet. And we were trying to come up with something for a golf for one week. And someone in the office recommended, let's get a, a bet joke. stamp banger on Max Homa not to win the tournament minus 3,000, something like that. 
And we're all laughing. We're like, imagine he actually wins this week and Max Homa won that week. I can't believe that's the name he picked. Like, I cannot believe that that still happened. Wait, did he win? Which one was he won? He won, he won the won tournament. tournament. We're going nuts when we came in the, the following week. No, no, I remember. I'm saying, what tournament was it? Was it like one of the ones where he was a big, big dog? Or was it one of the Wells like, Fargo, that I think, right? Yeah. Plays in it? I think, uh, I think it was the Wells Fargo. I'm going to look it up. I'm ta- I'm going to, I'm going to directly talk to the sports book about turning the pinata picks into an actual segment that we're going to that we're going to run weekly in the office we got to get better we got to get better than the whole they go in though we can promote it but it's got to be something better than it's a great idea i i've done it for like the world cup before i'm not gonna lie it's not my first time doing pinata picks (laughs) sometimes you just want to yeah low money i guess like if you're gonna only put a couple bucks like but yeah Yeah, it's a lot it's a lotto ticket yeah, I've got I got like a couple banger World Cup ones before. Didn't win. It, it's but. just fun to have it as the everyone in the office is like yeah. riding the one thing. No, I agree. You're riding Listen. Scott Stallings this weekend. We're I, all hyped up over. Scott I agree. Stallings. We're gonna be doing we're gonna be doing a lot more uh, come September, especially, and we'll see if we can even get some NFL pinatas or something. They do them like some of those ones are just frustrating. Like they'll do NFL pinata, but it's like number of points scored by like the Rams in yeah. Sunday night football. And they then do. they you get a thing and you, you get like four points. Like, oh come on. Right. So you're like <laughs> you're a number four. and it's like fifty eight. You're like, oh I'm I'm remote. Like they're putting up fifty eight. Yeah. They're not great bets. Like I'm not trying to sell anyone on anything. By the way, zero paid promotion in this episode of Circles Off. Let me throw that out there. This is just a real conversation right now. But I do like the idea like sometimes you get in the recreational mode of like let me go for a sweat on a long shot. It's like the parlay betters, right? But I'm not you, doing it too if often. You are, if you are going to sign up at Sports Interaction because you do want to bet these, then please just message us or, or we'll we'll link. If you can uh, use our code and just support the app, helps keep it free. Everything we put out is free. The podcast is free. No sponsors. Everything with the app is free. All the odds comparison, tracking, syncing that's coming, the marketplace, verification. Everything is free, unlike our main competition, GRP Wins. If uh, you guys are on Twitter, then you'll know, then you'll, you might know what that is. But um, you know what else yeah. is free? What? Tweets that trigger us. Every, everything is free, but message us and please support us. It, help, it goes a long way in keeping the lights on here. All right. Tweets that trigger us. I don't know what we're yelling about. I've never seen you mad. I get paved. Why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? It's only a game. Why do you have to be mad? Okay. This week. I got to tell you a story Okay. as we start this. People um, at home who are listening, watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button if you are watching on YouTube. Tweets that trigger us, the way we usually do this, we go through Twitter. People use the hashtag. Some people DM us directly. Uh, we store all these tweets in one place. We haven't done this in a couple months. Some people are going to be like, wow, there's only four tweets in this week's tweets that trigger us. Four of the ones that were tagged got deleted, bro. Yeah. People deleted the original tweet. And we didn't screenshot them? No, because I'm an idiot. And I just kept no. all the links. So I'm clicking these and they're deleted. Yeah, it's on me as well. I just like <sighs> never, I just assumed they wouldn't get deleted. Like I assume, yeah, they'll still be there. One no, of, we got a screenshot. One of them yeah. was just the most overcooked steak ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was a picture of a steak that someone tagged, which was so funny. It was such an overcooked steak that it actually triggered no, me Nothing well. to do with gambling? Nothing no. to do with gambling. <laughs> which, listen, uh, why did he delete that? I don't... I uh, Maybe he got so much... Like, he probably got roasted so much for that. Listen, if you like your steak well done, to each their own, I get it. This wasn't even well... This was beyond well done. Like, and it was one of those tweets where it's like, oh, like sitting down for amazing dinner. Like one of those where they were, they thought they were posting like a hero picture. And it was just an overcooked steak. Yes. Uh, I will say we do also get a lot of duplicates. These ones were the most duplicated ones. Um, So we'll get into them. Let's go, Zach. All right. Number one. Dinger Tuesday tip. I should say this is from Promo Guy. Promo Guy am I. I don't know if that's Mississippi, Michigan. Michigan, Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Oh, I know this guy. Am I, am I ripping one of your friends or something? No, I don't know him that well. well. This is not even ripping the person itself. Again, this is just going back to the tweet and why it's aggravating. If your bankroll isn't large enough to follow along, which is totally fine, crazy high variance on this promo, consider betting your dinger picks, dinger being a home run, to record two plus total bases 
instead of a home run. Bet a unit or so and avoid the FOMO. So this guy's giving out picks on who's going to homer on any given day, okay? Which he's right. They're high variance picks. Typically, you're betting plus 300, plus 400 some on, on the best players, sometimes much higher up. The challenge is when you're telling somebody, oh, if you can't bet them to homer, just go out and place this other bet. It's not apples to apples. Like, it's the assumption that somebody is going to... <laughs> that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. Zach just sent me from behind the counter the, the pick of the overcooked steak. Oh, he found it. <laughs> He found it. Guys, yeah. put this up right now. Um, I've edited in after if you can't if you can't see it. I can <laughs> just put the steak. I'll, I'll put the steak. <laughs> just put the steak. Forget about the tweet, man. This is the steak. Yeah, this is the one. How did you get this, Zach? You actually took a picture of it. Yeah. I I, I, I don't know. I just like went through and was able to find this. Made but that I can't steak find the original today. like tweet. I don't know why. Yeah, it's deleted. The original yeah. tweet is deleted. <laughs> the original tweet is deleted, but it still, <laughs> still kept the photo. It's all we need, man. This is literally, this is actually, like, I don't even know, what, what is Sorry. this? The thing is, he ate so much of it already, but yeah. <laughs> yeah I, <know. laughs> I made that for dinner today. Like, you, this guy was chewing for no, over, no. A, over under 60.5 minutes of chew on this steak. <laughs> He's got the strongest jaw I'm, ever. I'm, honestly, I, I completely couldn't hold myself in. I hate like I hate interrupting people. Like I listen to so many podcasts, and I, I it's such a bad experience when someone interrupts the other guest. But I couldn't. I couldn't not. Man, this is the. I'm, I'm glad he found it. I'm glad he found it because I was really upset for a while about not being able to see this. And yes, the original tweet. See gone. this, it's gone. It's not there anymore. Yeah. But it was like I think it was like. <laughs> a bunch of smiley faces made great steak today or something like that. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. This thing's like legitimately has fur in the inside. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. Like I said, there's people out there that will like uh, a nice, well done overcooked steak. All right. Sorry. Back to the thing. Apologies to all the listeners for me interrupting there. No problem. I just want to get it across that. Like those are very different bets. If you tell someone, oh, don't go out and place this bet on someone to, to make a home run, but just go bet them to make a double, those are very, very different things, depending on the player. Like, there's, for example, someone who has absolutely no speed as a player, right? They, you're betting them to hit a home run because if it clears the wall, it's gone. It doesn't matter how fast they run the bases. Now, if you're telling them to just go bet a double instead, it's much less likely that they're going to do that. Now, sometimes that's directly priced into odds, but it's no different than me saying to you, oh, like, I think this person's going to single today. But, you know, if you don't want to bet the single or if you want to you sprinkle a little bit more, bet them to hit a triple as well. Those are very different things. The distribution for each player is going to be very different, dependent on a number of different things. So I think that's just really bad advice for someone. Like either you have the bankroll that can sustain that variance and you're willing to lose in the long run, don't just advocate for a different bet on anything like that someone makes, right? Well, it, it, look. well so here, I, th I think, by the way, just to give this guy some credit, what he is trying to say does kind of make sense in a sense of if your bankroll isn't large enough, you probably shouldn't be betting homer bets, which are typically going to be bets that are like, you know, call it a uh, guy to hit a home run might be plus 500. So right. he's saying hit him like over one and a half total bases. Cause that line might be something along the lines of like plus a hundred. So you're not going to lose that bet as much. That is what he's trying to say. Obviously the it's very incorrect in terms of the recommendation, right? But the overall arching premises of 100%. if your bankroll is not big enough, don't be dunking plus a thousand totally or betting right. them for he's saying bet like, but yeah, let, let me, let me apply it to the context of another sport, right? Let's say for example, you say, I think Josh Allen is going to have, a, um, you know, lots of opportunities to score a touchdown on the ground today. But bet his rushing yards over instead. Exactly. It or, is a different or, or bet him to throw. Or you know, if you don't want, if you don't want to, to take something with crazy high variance, just bet him to throw two plus touchdowns instead. It's very different. That's a very very different bet that you're recommending. It's not as extreme as as the example here, but each of these needs to be evaluated independently of the other number two zach god this steak is hilarious by the way i, I forgot what <laughs> it looked like, like. We're, we're just trying yeah. to now like just push people to the youtube to get extra views but like 
This is it just actually just come to the YouTube real quick, put the timestamp, go take a look at the steak and then go back to audio. It is hilarious. I would actually be very interested if people could try to find me pictures of steaks that are worse than this. Like the cook is even worse than this. Please I would, tweet it at Rob and circles off. I would challenge somebody to do that. Could post the link in the YouTube comments too if you're online. This yeah. is this yeah. is this is absolutely terrible. This was a banger, a, a doozy of a thread right here. Because it's three comments from three different people, all of which made me laugh separately. Ricky says, you'll never make money in this business laying a favorite at minus 175. I'll give the world a winner right now for free. White Sox first five minus half with five hammers. Big fan of the hammer emoji, I must say especially five hammers. However, we've talked about this ad nauseum. You, you'll never make money laying a favorite at minus 175. Like these, these are, these are, this is just like bad commentary in general. Um, what I particularly also loved about the first tweet is that he talks about never laying like big prices, then gives the uh, White Sox for five innings minus half without a price attached to it at all. It's just go bet the first five. Price doesn't matter. You know, in the same tweet, the price does matter, but the price doesn't matter. Then we got GFB who responds. So yeah, he, he's just basically saying, don't ever bet a favorite at minus 175. Bet the White Sox first five minus 0.5. Obviously, it's less than minus 175. Well, I, I know that. I would but, assume. Yeah. But, but yeah, he doesn't even give the price. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's, he's talking about price sensitivity for one. And then goes out and gives a bet without a price attached to it. All right. Some random response, which I just wanted to include here because it has nothing to do with anything, but it's, bro, I'm plus 20 units doing parlays this past month. Went five for five yesterday. Brewers money line, Braves money line, Cards money line, Tigers money line, Giants minus one and a half. All these things are big favorites. So he's kind of trying to lay, lay shame to this other guy saying like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm parlaying these. Yeah, I'm these plus minus 20 units. 175 and plus 20 units. I love when people also choose just like the arbitrary endpoints, eh? I'm I'm plus twenty units this past month. Okay, what do you what do you this year? Like, what are you in? Well, your he life? also says I'm plus twenty units doing parlays this past month. Right. He may even be down on straights this month. <laughs> we have no idea, but the arbitrary endpoints always get me. And then the the final guy going five for five, all favorites isn't nothing impressive, fam. I mean, it's not necessarily. <laughs> But it is. It is. It definitely is. Yeah, of course. You're you. What? Like again, this is all just probability, right? Th that parlay that that guy made was not like a minus two hundred parlay. It ended up paying out a decent amount. It is hard to go five for five, even when you are betting favorites. It is. It's difficult to do so. H hilarious. That no. That is. Uh, that is very funny. This is a great thread. Uh, thank you very much. Going five for five all favorites isn't nothing impressive, fam. It's more. It's better than going not five for five. Yeah, it's pretty impressive still. Of you course, can win a lot of money. Listen, going I'm, not, I'm not saying it, I'm, we're not suggesting it's impossible here, but it's not. It's tough to go. Ask how many people on any given night are betting five game parlays and they can use favorites and they're going five for five regularly. It's not happening. It is. It is impressive. Hilarious. I love that. Three different people. On to the next one, Zach. Oh man, there's so much going on. Oh, here. there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Okay, so this is I'm going to summarize this one um, because I saw this. This is the night of the NHL draft. All right, this always gets me going. Massive swing is highly unusual with no news. So we're talking about the first overall pick here. The odds moving pretty heavily before the draft. So um, I can't wait. But hold up, he says. In a big sudden swing, betting sites have in the last 10 minutes made Slavkovsky the favorite to be chosen first. This Correct. is the NHL draft. He's, he, he's pointing that out. He's saying massive swing is highly unusual with no news. Perhaps someone has seen the jersey or there is a leak. Fair enough. I think that's good commentary. He's pointing out the swing in the odds. He's, you know, he's not a seasoned better guy. No, but so, he, he, he yeah. actually is, he is, he's, he's doing okay there. That's, that's fair to say. Right. So now he's going to get a couple responses. One is going to say uh, someone knows who the Habs are taking. Uh, another is going to point out that this happened with the NBA draft with even bigger money. This one is the one that gets me, though. 
Breaks my heart. Not. <laughs> Dumb to post odds for something that some people have full control of the outcome. Why not tell your friends so they can make easy money? Okay, so let's start there. Actually, we can unpack this all with the final comment from Jack Todd 46 who says, exactly. There is a colossal gambling scandal coming that is going to rearrange everything in sports. I can assure you that there's nothing that's going to stem from the NBA and NHL drafts markets that is going to be considered colossal and is going to rearrange everything in sports. Let's just start there with that's not going to happen. However, every sports book has the option of whether or not they're going to offer draft props. You pick it. They also have the option of how much they're going to take on draft props. This is one of the inherent challenges. Okay, If I know who's going to go first overall, it is still going to be very difficult for me to get down life-changing money on that player. In fact, it's borderline impossible, even if I exhaust all the avenues I have. This is me as a, as a pro sports better. If I reach out to everyone in my circle and say, this person's going first overall, let's get him. And we like collectively, you know, we got to do splitting and so on and so forth. I'll make some good money. It'd be easy money or whatever. But I am by no means going to put a sports book out of business. There is so much. You would also make most of your money like a spread across all different sports books. Exactly. And different accounts. So like you're, you're going to make like no one single sports book will be responsible from, for probably even more than 10% of your winnings. Agreed 100%. Second thing to take into account here is that there's tons of recreational money that's going to go into betting the draft as well. People who have absolutely no information, they think that they know better than, oh, this is dumb that this guy is moving first. There's no way the, the Habs are going to take whoever first overall. Not Shane. Ray. There's no way Paulo Banchero is going first overall, and they're going to continue to bet into a market because they don't know any better. So, like... Breaks my heart not is one of the funniest, by the Breaks way. my heart not not. <laughs> Dumb to post odds for something that some people have full control of the outcome. The, the amount of exposure from the sports book is so small. It's really tiny in the grand scheme of things. And there's so much recreational money to offset it. And it's such a high hold market for the sports book that if it was dumb for the sports book to post it, then they won't post it. That's pretty much what's going to happen going forwards. But but hold up though, because a lot of times they they do post it just because, like, so here's what I say: like for something like the NHL draft, yep. If somebody's looking to bet on the NHL draft and they their sports book that they have doesn't post it, and they really wanted to bet for tonight, that may be a reason to change sports books. So I do think. Oftentimes, a sports book may post it. 100%. Just, residual effects. Just to not lose customers to other books. So all in, it's still positive for them. But they may even expect to take an, a slight loss on it. But they're, I, not, they're not going out of business off that. Like they're losing like in the, th in like the single digit thousands, maybe, maximum. So one, there's marketing efforts that are tied to this. So they can obviously promote whenever they have odds up for stuff like that. The, the other point I would make is... I used to consult for sports books. I mentioned this a lot of times when I talk about sports books because I do have some experience with this. But a lot of times, the sports book does not want you to lose every single bet you make. That is a horrible experience for the player. It's very hard for you them to retain the player. Like Johnny said, there are markets where they don't actually care if the players win because it's actually a good thing when the players are occasionally winning. They would much rather you play like for four or five years and slowly bleed money than to lose all your money right away and never play with them again. That's just common sense. And that's like, they don't want a poor experience to happen. So there's all sorts of these residual effects, like I mentioned, but I found the thread hilarious. I always find it hilarious when it's just um, regular sports people talking about gambling markets as if they know exactly how that gambling market works. But well, what's, what's crazy about you're saying with the sports books, how like, they don't want everyone to lose every single bet. Like, obviously, like, cause they, it's like, yeah. if you, if you just deposit your like 200 bucks and lose it, 
all at once, then like, what's the fun of gambling? Like the fun, as we've mentioned multiple times is not actually gambling. The fun is winning a bet, right? So you got to be able to at least at a minimum, you know, like win a bet or two. Um, and that's why they offer bonuses, right? Like they want you to start in front of the eight ball so that, um, or sorry, yeah, in front of the eight ball so that you don't have to worry about like, oh, I put in, I lost, I'm already down. They start you with like a $200 bonus or a $1,000 bonus so that you can actually have that winning feeling and sensation like I'm already up, right? So agreed. definitely you're right on the sense where like, you know, they know what they're doing. It's not, gonna, it's not a gambling scandal. It was uh, July 7th that this threat happened. I'm still waiting for the colossal gambling scandal that's going to rearrange everything in sports. That was uh, either that OHL guy in Kanish or... Um, oh, remember that? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to bring that up again because I think I think the OHL was doing an investigation or something into that. I have no idea, but that was a an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it was very obvious to see what happened if you just know anything about gambling. But um, there was that one, and then what else would be a scandal? I don't know. Back in the day, Jared Cosart of the pitcher on the Dolphins when he was DMing guys for picks. Oh man, that, that, sorry, the Dolphins, the pitcher Zach, on, on the Marlins. Was it was what was it? Jared Cosart. Jared Cosart. was that his name? Yeah, the pitcher. What is it? I, 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 I listen. I remember. I streamed him one time in fantasy. He yep. went. He went two innings. The back when I played fantasy baseball, he went like two innings, like six earned. Dropped him. I don't think he was ever started again in fantasy baseball. I I remember that so clearly because at the time that he was DMing one of my close friends, Dan, check shoved on Twitter. It was a different account. He was running That's a different account. Buddies? He was back in the day. Whatever. I mean. Let bygones be got bygones type of thing. Yeah, but for everyone on gambling Twitter listen listening, I'm sure they'll be happy that I called you out on that. Yeah, and w- whatever. I mean, I, I'm sure he listens to this podcast as well, but whatever. We can get into that another day. However, I remember that very clearly because he then distributed that everywhere. Like he posted it tw- publicly. Cosart deleted his account. Why does that name not sound right to me? Jared Cosart. It's Jared Cosart. Played, he was 24 years old playing yeah. for the Miami Marlins. Okay, and after an MLB investigation to the gambling habits, Miami Marlins, Miami Marlins pitcher Jared Cosart, the 24-year-old hurler, was cleared of betting on baseball. Yeah, he had re- he had reached out directly to uh, friends for baseball picks. I think it was exactly, but like that. Wait, for baseball picks or for other sports? I think it was I, other sports. I, I, listen, I don't want to speak. All I, I remember that night, Twitter. Gambling Twitter blew up. Let's see if Chekshev will come on the, the broad on the podcast and then you know what he weeks. does have a bunch of good stories yes, from back great, in yeah. the day. He was betting he, on other sports. Sorry, he was always in the um, he was always in the middle of this shit. At that time, I think his Twitter account was Ghostface Killer. Yeah, wait, does, is that public <laughs> knowledge or no? I well, it is now. It is now. <laughs> okay, it is. That now. was he did. Jared Cosart used to DM Ghostface Killer. Yeah. And he was emailing him. He was sorry. He was DMing him on Twitter for gambling picks. And then it just, did he just out him one day? Like, he, he literally outed him like mid conversation. Why? He just posted all the but images why did he, publicly. Why did he do that? Kosar deleted his account completely. Like com- suspended, yeah, deleted. But also, why was Jared Kosart DMing yeah. this guy who's this not even, saying. it's just not even famous. Like he's going to respond to a burner. Yeah. Why is he DMing him from his verified Twitter account where it says like Florida Marlins starting pitcher? I don't know. He's a 24 at the time. Didn't know any better. Obviously very dumb thing to do. But let's let's see if he'll come on and but he, I'm sure shift. he has some good stuff. I, I, w- I want to do an episode one day. I'm just speaking out loud here. That is like people sharing their best stories. Like just like multiple people on it. Yeah. Time. Like how we did the Super Bowl prop special type of thing. Cut up one of those. Someone's going to steal this idea now. Should have never said it out loud, but I think that'd be good. And that was definitely now that I remember, I forgot that happened. That's why I was so excited about hearing it. But all right. One more. All right. At MetLab Analytics. These these ones make me laugh a little bit as well. Um, Yankees total six and a half. That's kind of nuts. I'm going to research all the outcomes when Yankees were involved in games totaled seven or less and also the six and a half specifically to get inside the bookmakers' minds on that. I'll be right back. (laughs) That's hilarious, man. It's It's a great tweet. But sadly, a lot of my friends do stuff like this. Is he joking though or no? No, this is dead serious. Okay. This is a, a dead... He, I think, posted a thread afterwards of okay. like, oh, when the total was this, you know, this is the Yankees record, so on and so. Okay. If we date back no, even no, okay. further, 
like guys, I, I mean, I don't know why, why like I actually have to say this out loud, especially with the Yankees. Like the Yankees team this year is very good. They're a very good baseball team. Previous years worth data of the Yankees is not telling you anything of value about this year's team. Period. Also, it's a different team, but it's a different league. Like, how many of those years were juiced ball? How many were dead ball? Like, it's I, you're not comparing apples yeah, to apples. Forget about that. Like, like even if it's the same year, like there's a different pitcher probably. Right. Or like, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. There is nothing that is valuable about saying, okay, the total in this game is six and a half. I don't really see this all that often. I'm going to look back to previous years, see when their their totals were also six and a half, and then make a decision according to that info. Who cares? It doesn't matter. None of it matters. Like just logic. Just think about it logically. Why that would why you would ever place a bet based off that info. You never would. But what I particularly love. I'll be right back. That's the I'll one. be right back is great. But I also love to get inside the bookmakers' minds on that. As if the bookmakers know something, they know that they're posting a six and a half here and that people are going to bet it one way or another. It's going to get inside their minds. That this whole tweet is so well crafted that I, I, I honestly, this is like a hall of fame type of tweet. It's, it's like a hidden gem and it just ends with I'll be right back. Like he would post that, like we're, we're all anxiously waiting and he's going to like, are people now glued to this thread for five this guy minutes? I have a lot of followers or no? Uh, no, I don't know who this is. I have no idea. I'll find it. No clue. Oh, I'm checking it now. That's like, Almost 3,000. Okay. Not bad. It reminds me of a few people that I've I've known over time. The historical stuff. Anyways. Guys, I have a little more info on this Jared Cosart in, uh, situation. I, th- I thought you were going to provide more info on the steak and the temperature it was cooked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. What do we got on okay. Cosart? So I'll briefly go through it. Essentially what happened was he just outed him on Twitter with these screenshots Blurred out all of his own personal messages, just left Cosart's messages. So it's it kind of starts with uh, Cosart saying, "No prob, I bet large, all caps, shh, lol, looking for some help anywhere I can. Saw a retweet on your underplay and hammered it, bro. So many people on Baylor and Virginia almost want to opposite just for shits. Thoughts on over Baylor? I like it a lot. So he's just he, for the most part, he's looking for just advice here. Yeah, he's and then for a tote, basically. Yeah, he is. He's looking yes. for a tote, and then. Basically, the screenshots get these screenshots that I just read to you get released, and he comes out and says, "You guys are gonna love this." Around two weeks ago, my Twitter account was accessed by someone else. Oh yeah, <laughs> they began to send incriminating DMs to a number of accounts to make it appear that I am addicted to gambling and have bet on baseball. I did not realize that this was happening until last evening. There will be more screenshots. I have not, nor will I ever bet on the game of baseball. He was cleared of betting on baseball they said the mlb concluded he didn't but then wednesday at 12 34 a.m ghost fade killer tweeted made an mlb player delete his twitter account <laughs> lulz yeah oh man i do remember that i was in a whatsapp chat with uh, ghost fade killer at that time he was le- kind of letting us know what was going on in real time it was a pretty pretty epic moment there's more I can't share on air. I wish I could. Stories, I should say. Because yeah. it would out people that I, I don't I don't want to out without their permission. We could we could potentially have some sort of story time. That that would Twitter that story fun. time. There's been a lot over the course of the years. Yeah, the guy who deleted his thing when uh both day went ding dong for oh, the Grand Dave, Jimmy. Where I haven't talked to Jimmy in since like, that day. I have on WhatsApp, but he 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 Held true to that. David Bote murdered me. What an account. If David Bote, what is it? Ding dongs? Yeah. I will, I'll never tweet again. And then he didn't tweet again. Honestly, credit to that guy. 
You, it takes... Wait, tell the story better for those people listening don't even... I, I honestly think this is probably like the fifth time we've told this story. Did, did we? Okay, I, cut I, it I out, do. cut it out. No, no, it's okay. It doesn't matter. For those who are listening now for the first time, there's this one guy who's like, he literally tweeted that. He's watching a live Cubs game. If David Bote ding-dongs, I will never tweet again. David Bote hit a home run on that at bat. And the guy who had like a decent sized following tweeted every day about sports betting, like was prominently involved in gambling Twitter, never tweeted again. We're go- We're talking like five years ago now, right? Like I, don't, I don't think we told it because did you hear it before, Zach? No. Yeah. I don't maybe, think maybe it was it. with our previous maybe producer. maybe back in the day, but no, I don't. I don't think we told it. Yeah, he never. He legitimately never tweeted again, and he still. You could still access his account. That's all. He's, he's, it's just that's his last tweet. <laughs> that's it. It's sad. That's I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to get him on to tell that story. Like, I don't know what made. Like, does he regret it? That's what I want to know. Does he? Well, regret? He obviously had a massive bet on the Cubs and needed it. He of used, course, he used this one time. Yeah, he, used, he hit his one. Time. He hit his one time. I, I, the first time I thought it was the opposite, but I, I've come to realize that I think it's, it's, he used his one time. No, no. He, I thought he it was like, that. like I'm, I'm down bad. Like I can't deal with this home run right now. I'll be gone type of thing. But no, I think he, no, won. I was actually on the opposite side of that game. I had uh, the nationals and it was a Jonathan Papelbon blown save on a Bote, David Bote grand slam. I'll remember that day as well. Just cause I, I lost, I was on the other side of that and I was subject to a blown save. But it made it a little bit better, at least that I saw that off the Twitter and I realized, you know, it is what it is. That's a fun thing. Jonathan Papelbon is one of the most interesting characters ever. I used to have Blue Jay season tickets. What was that guy's name on Twitter? Uh, oh, it's not coming to me now. Thrill Barton. Thrill Barton. Thrill Barton. Will yeah. Barton. But um, I had season tickets for the Jays. First row behind the bullpen. And we used to go see as many Red Sox and Yankees games as possible. Obviously, Jonathan Papelbon, he's the only guy that would heckle the fans back and actually like give them the finger. He was the he was actually the best. Like if you're into a game and you're ripping someone else in another bullpen and the guy just puts up his glove and gives you the middle finger in the middle of the glove and starts giving it back to you, I have mad respect for players like that. He also, for some reason or another, don't know what's going on, would always reorganize the Gatorade and water bottles in the bullpen from smallest to largest. I don't know why I picked up on that. Always. Used to drive him bananas. This is true. If somebody put like a water bottle down that didn't fit the pattern, he would go and move it. Didn't he fight Bryce Harper in the in the yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Guys, unfortunately, I know we're talking about Papelbon. I, I'm sadly mistaken. It was a Ryan Madsen blown save. Oh, I just pulled up the game. I found his Twitter, by the way. He he's liked tweets, so he's still active. He goes on there, but he never tweeted again. Mm. So that day was 2018, uh, 08, 12. Yep. Um. So almost almost four years. Yeah. It was three nothing Nationals going into the bottom of the ninth, and then it was a pinch hit, bases loaded, <laughs> David Bote grand slam, and he renamed the account to. David Bote murdered me, <laughs> right. deceased, and he puts the date and he goes, cause of death, homicide, assailant, David Bote, weapon, baseball bat. <laughs> Please For post Almost 5,000 likes on the, oh, on the tweet. That, that, that is a, one of the most epic gambling Twitter moments. I mean, I wonder, he's got to have a burner though. Let's be real. Okay, but prior to that though, oh man, this is funny, man. This, if you dig, so that was at 10.59, he tweeted that. At 10.53, he tweeted, Schwarber, big boy, ding dong here. And then he quoted and said, please. And then, then he went with the, if David Bote ding dongs here, I will, I will never tweet again for the rest of my life. And he did. And he never, t- wow. At least under this account. I've met this guy before. Yes. I've, I've, I've went out to dinner drinks with him in Boston uh, at a Sloan. Uh, do you have his, like do you have his number? Or no? do I you do. Have his, yeah. Okay. Text him and see if he will come on the pod to just to recap that day. That's a good thing to, to do. Oh man, that would be that would be. All so right, good. we've gone on way too long here. All right, uh, for those watching on YouTube, please subscribe, hit the like button, um, commentary. We're looking for a commentary on badly cooked steaks. I'm also going to see if I could get this person on that cooked that steak. I need to know more about that person. <laughs> At least have some interaction with them so that I can know more. Um, as we get on for the rest of August, we'll have a little bit more football preview coming up. Um, some guests. It's going to be. Provided absolutely zero betting knowledge today to anyone here. So 
I'm sorry for wasting your time, but I hope you still enjoyed the rest <laughs> of the episode. If you're in episode. Canada, Sports Interaction, yeah. Pinatas, tweet us your screenshots. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs>